Hi, I'm Aria Evans, and this is The D Word. This season, the theme is activism. We are jumping into the work of three dance artists who, through performance, choreography, and production, are driving social justice. Through conversations about representation, caregiving, and reclamation, we spotlight the issues that these artists care about to answer the question, how is our sector leading social change? This episode, we have Susie Burpee calling in. Susie traverses dance and theater. She is a dance artist, creator, teacher, and mother of two young children. She is the artistic producer of Balancing Act, an organization dedicated to supporting artist caregivers by advocating for equality, accessibility, and inclusion in the workforce, which we will talk more about later. Susie, welcome to the D Word podcast. Uh, We're so excited to have you. Thank you for making the time to speak with me. Thank you for inviting me. It's it's such a pleasure to be here. Uh, one of the things that struck me when we were first talking about this interview was that you used to shy away from identifying yourself as a mother in artistic settings specifically. And I'm curious why that was. Yeah. Oh, we just we're just getting right into it right off the top. We're diving I, right in. <laughs> no, but I'm I'm so grateful for the question because it really is top of mind these days. Um, I think that I felt like somehow mothering um, diminished my professionalism somewhat, which is mm. such a sad thing to state because I don't believe that. I didn't truly at the time, but I really like outwardly vocally <laughs> don't. Um, now, I think I just felt like there was an expectation in dance around being available and, uh, you know, in the body, available in the body and available time-wise, all those economies of time. And, uh, and so I sort of kept it um, out of the picture a little bit in order to kind of keep up this. And I'm sure I didn't need to, you know, and I'm sure we'll get into it. But, but, uh, but yeah, I, it's, you know, it's, it is such a central part of my life and um, one that continues to fuel me and fuel my artistic work. So it's, it's definitely at the forefront now. And what was the process like to embrace that part of you? Like you've, mm. you've talked about the, the things in the dance industry, you know, the, the economy and the availability that we seem to think that we need to have to exist in this field. But how was the process of shedding like mm. for you? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there were a few vectors uh that kind of motivated the 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 change i guess and one was really the advent of the pandemic and the collapsing of the domestic and professional spaces it was just undeniable as you know for us all our worlds were kind of open to the world if we were engaging through these online platforms um but also everything was happening in our house everything um and so it just propelled um you know a letting go and I keep using the word collapsing because I I feel like 
the domestic and professional collapsed into each other and I just collapsed into giving over to it. And also it somehow sparked um, a fire. <laughs> so I was really thinking about what this means, you know, what this, what all this labor means and was in good dialogue with um, other dance artists, Tracy Norman and Kathleen Ray about how we were engaging with the time and the workload and being home with the kids and feeling left behind a bit. And uh, so it, it really propelled me to find out how other mm -hmm. mothers, parents, carers were doing. Um, so there was a process of reaching out to folks and having conversation and writing. And um, so I think that helped to kind of also just um, make it a central part of conversations make the make the humanity a part of conversation listening to you say that Susie it's incredible to feel a sense of community being cultivated over what has been a really tumultuous time and I'm curious I know one of the things that you do is you are the artistic producer for balancing act and I hear you talk about forefronting our humanity. And for folks who don't know, can you speak a little bit about that organization and the pilot projects that you're producing? Yes, I would love to. Um, I feel very fortunate to be working um, with an amazing team at Balancing Act. Uh, so I'll, I'll just name a few of the folks uh, that we're in cahoots with uh, Lisa Marie Deliberto, who's the artistic director of Theatre Direct. She is the founder of Balancing Act, and Balancing Act is an initiative of Theatre Direct. Um, and we also work with Margaret Evans, who is the managing producer. We have an amazing um, steering committee made up with, of folks um, from across the land, artistic directors, artists, stage managers, who have sort of well, they haven't sort of, they have really informed our processes and continue to do so moving forward. We also work with um, Nightwood Theatre as an advisory team. So just to say um, that Balancing Act uh, is, is really, does really have a sense of, of community and it uh, is a project to support parents and all kinds of caregivers who are working in the performing arts. So looking at the term caregiver, you know, in a really broad way. So folks caring for younger kids, older adults, siblings, chosen family, friends, um, and also engaging with ideas around self-care and caring practices in the rehearsal hall. Uh, so it's, it's an incredible project that has a few different streams to it. And one of the big um, initiatives is under the title Level Up, it's the Level Up Initiative. And this is a program, uh, it's a three-year program, we're in year one, and it engages with organizations and collectives uh, to pilot care-led workplace policies and practices. So companies will come on board and trial maybe on-site childcare or a flexible working model and a production run or um, integrating a compassion fund into a project. So these really interesting nuggets of support that um, can be in service of parents and caregivers, but also extending to you know 
other folks as well. Like a compassion fund could be used towards mental health wellness support, um, transport for a loved one. You know, there's these different, I guess, lines of inquiry that these these companies, and these are companies like um, Obsidian Theater or Buddies in Bad Times or out on the West Coast New World Theater, up in the Yukon Open Pit Theater. So, so a wide range of, of sizes and scopes of organizations and collectives who are, are really trying them on and, um, and then starting to actually write down um, policy and templates that then can, then can be shared with the broader sector. And that's really exciting to think of this kind of exponential growth. Um, so year two, there'll be uh, a new group and so on and so forth. And we're really, you know, in an exploratory time with it, discovering what's already going on out there because there's yeah. folks already doing things that are, you know, that are creating these frameworks of care um, within their projects or within their, their companies. So it's also um, finding out and uplifting those, those folks. When we were speaking earlier this week, you were talking about how Balancing Act is very much in a pilot stage. And I'm curious with your steering com- committee, with your steering committee, how how has the process been to ideate and to find these sort of um, like systems that you're testing out and wanting to implement into institutions and organizations? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a really great question. In the early years, so Balancing Act was founded in in 2019. So in the first couple of years, there were focus groups um, where folks brought forward their concerns around, you know, barriers to employment or what they felt they could do and not do in the arts because they were engaged in care. And so those were brought forward to the steering committee um, in early 21. And then through a very slow process, it was mm. sort of looking at uh, where, you know, what, what, were, what were the repeats? <laughs> like what's coming up over and over again? And then finding strategy areas that could attend to that. But it's an ongoing process. And so we're finding even deeper ways to um, reach in to communities um, and really wanting to find out you know, what particular equity-seeking groups are mm. concerned with, interested in doing. Um, for example, this week we have an Indigenous artist roundtable. So it's an in-camera session where we're meeting with uh, artists who are engaged in care and through a process of note-taking, you know, we'll be able mm. to kind of transmit um, these ideas or their ideas and bring them, you know, into something that perhaps Balancing Act can support. So really trying to um, trying to find out and, and discover. Mm-hmm. It's really beautiful to hear you talk about the the intersections of like your own experiences of 
parenting, all of these roles that you take on, like being the artistic producer at Balancing Act. And I also know you to be a like multifaceted theater and dance artist. You're a mentor. You're an outside eye. You're you're so many things. And I'm curious what parts of all of those identities maybe specifically related to your dance theater training or choreographic process integrates and informs this this work with balancing act yeah i mean i think i think at the start is just the feeling like i guess i start with feeling um i think that's always been what has led me through dance work is is mm. is the feelings that run through my body and i think that moving into this kind of work that sort of swims in you know advocacy and um and you know propelling policy um still comes from a place of feeling like i i am drawn to it because i care (laughs) because it's about care Mm -hmm. and that involves people's feelings and their bodies and um so there's i guess there's a deep connection in that in that way and you know, I, it's relational work, and that's the other thing that I love about dance. Always is just being in the room with people and making things with people, and and balancing act is very much that as well. You know, I'm I'm me. I'm Susie Burpee. I'm like <laughs> this white middle aged woman, you know, second generation settler. So I have I come with that identity, and um, it's only in you know in relation with other folks other identities um, that this work can really happen so the yeah the call and response of it feels very much um, connected to the inner dancer I find the the skills that we've been given as performing artists often get overlooked in positions that are more organizational, that are more structure-based, that are about um, delivering any kind of output to a community who needs it. And I'm constantly reminded of how many gifts we have as creative people to participate in these larger conversations. What is at the core of your choreographic pedagogy that you think relates to how you approach designing meetings? Mm, Such a juicy question. And thank you for the reminder of gifts. Um, Yeah, I was saying to someone the other day that, that, uh, I felt the need to lean into the pause um, mm. at a meeting and acknowledge that, you know, in the, in the dance spaces I've been, which are generally Eurocentric Western contemporary dance, there's a real embracing of stillness and pause and comfort in that. And I would kind of extend that thought to some recent learning that, um, that I engaged with and the team at Balancing Act um, engaged with, which was around, you know, the show doesn't have to go on in these meetings. We were 
in a panel event realized that the need for pause could have been really valuable. You know, that it's 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 always people over product. <laughs> That's what we're working with. And so that filters into every aspect. So even this idea that a meeting doesn't have to get to its end point if pausing and caring for the individuals in the room is the more important piece. Well, it is the more important piece. And and I think about that in studio as well, how, you know, how we value process and and how I think process is um, of even more value now in, in these times. Um, like what, 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 what is the how of what we're doing, mm. doing? Oh my gosh, that's so complicated. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are the processes doing? Yeah. In the world. Such value in that. And I think about that, like we, we have those conversations in our rehearsal rooms, like put the, put the process before the product. And it's really interesting to hear that also in a different setting, like how, how is the process also integrated into how the product happens? It's, it's a worldview shift that I really believe in. Yeah, because I think it's acknowledging that, um, you know, the underpinnings of our art system is, you know, colonial, patriarchal, capitalist. And so that's filtered down into, you know, measurements around excellence and um, first past the post or um, ideas of goodness. <laughs> and I really feel like um, there's a shedding of that these days. And yeah, and and hoping that artists and you know the expertise around process can infer, can inform other systems. With um, balancing act, it sounds like a lot of that work is happening interdisciplinarily, but very much in a theater lens. And I'm curious where you see opportunities for this similar kind of change in the dance sector? Well, I will say that uh, Toronto Dance Theatre and Cata uh, East are yeah. both partners this year in, in the Level Up project. So that's really exciting. Toronto Dance Theatre is part of a strategy area where they're looking at um, supporting conversations around needs towards the contracting process. So that's really juicy. And Very uh, yeah, yeah. And Cata East is piloting a caregiver subsidy program, um, not dissimilar to Cata West, mm -hmm. sort of looking at uh, a few other things in there. So I feel like, you know, there's a possibility for sort of exponential um, uh, growth. <laughs> that sounds so high. <laughs> Yeah. There's got to be a better way to say that. <laughs> uh, but, 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 um, yeah, there, and acknowledging that they're in the studios, there are some really interesting pathways to working that folks are already engaging with. And so, you know, personally, I would love for Balancing Act to connect with 
those those artists, those project-based mm-hmm. initiatives, those companies, and really uplift um, what's happening. Because I think, I think you know, because we work with bodies and negotiating around each other all the time, we know a lot. And, yeah. um, you know, maybe the next piece, I'm just like, I'm making this hand motion right now where I'm taking yeah. the dial. <laughs> but maybe the next piece is, is finding ways to write that down or just share that with um the broader community, um, you know, spreading the word about about these caring practices that we already have in play, and seeing if we can continue to, yeah, grow those ideas. You just said, uh, "Write that down," and it <laughs> reminded me of a piece of writing that that you did during the pandemic. You wrote an article called "Disappearing Act." dance artist mothers in the gig economy of the performing arts in Canada. And my understanding is that it focused on mothering and COVID-19. And I'm curious if, if the pandemic has impacted the urgency around this advocacy work. Yes, I think the short answer is yes. And what, what I would love to say around that is um, I think that Sometimes mothering, caring, parenting, caregiving, caretaking are often invisible. They're invisible. They're, you know, some of it happens in public, but a lot of it happens in private spaces and in one-on-one kind of relational situations. And so, and a lot of it's like not glamorous and messy. (laughs) And so I think the pandemic was an opportunity for visibility and all of a sudden some folks, you know, maybe who weren't at home, let's say policymakers who might've been in the office and not privy to the ongoing care that was happening on a daily basis in their home, they were home. So, you know, that's one example. Um, Another is what we referred to later of like, just like the zoom kind of opening up interior worlds. So, you know, there's visibility in, the reporting, and then I think there's also more of a uh, an awareness of the care economy, frontline workers. You know what what that actually means. That's kind of another portal to understanding um, care, and so therefore, yes, advocacy comes out of that. Reflecting on your journey as an artist who is also a parent, and thinking about what change making you're contributing to right now, is there anything that you hope to see in the future shift for the generations that are coming after you? More voices around Mm -hmm. the table. I want to acknowledge that there are a lot of artists that are not working in the arts anymore for various reasons over time, perhaps because they became parents and there wasn't uh, room perhaps because this pandemic has been so hard also acknowledging that it's disproportionately affected equity seeking groups in the global majority and so I hope that programs like Balancing Act can bring more folks to the table keep folks at the table and I also have a lot of hope yeah I, I really have a lot of hope for that and I have a lot of hope in the ways that artists are working right now and what that's going to do to keep humanity in the room and the work going. Hmm. 
on that dream of carving space and having more voices at the table, I want to thank you for sharing your voice with us today. And the work that you're doing is inspiring and important and that labor does not go unnoticed. Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful that you've taken the time to speak with us. And I can't wait to hear more from Balancing Act and you as an artist. Thanks, Aria. Yeah, it's uh, it's a gift, as you say, to be able to um, speak about it. And uh, I'm really pleased to be here today. Thanks so much. That's our show. You can find Susie Burpee online at susieburpee.com and on Instagram at stillsusieburpee. The D Word is presented by Dance Made in Canada, a contemporary dance festival featuring Canadian dance artists who possess unique artistic visions and come from all cultural backgrounds. This year, Dance Made in Canada presents Dance on Film and Video, a curated selection of films screening at the Paradise Theatre in Toronto on August 13th and available on demand at dancemadeincanada.ca for a limited time. The D Word is produced by Gracewell Smith and Sam Hale. Our editor and composer is Jamar Powell. Dance Made in Canada's co-festival directors are Janelle Rainville and Jeff Morris. Yvonne Ng is the artistic director and also co-festival director. And I'm your host, Aria Evans. Thank you to Canadian Heritage, the Canada Council for the Arts, Ontario Arts Council, and Toronto Arts Council for making the D word possible. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to rate and review. Talk to you soon.